What's up, everyone? This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. All of our episodes are available on all major podcast platforms. Just look or search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as you can search for us on various social media pages such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, all right, Rich, I know we uh, we skipped the day this week a little bit late with this episode, but uh, probably is definitely worth it. Um, finally, an actually win. The Chiefs got over the Raiders on Sunday in a, um, I guess you would say, a more of a dramatic fashion that we're used to. So um, how are you feeling uh, going into uh, one more game for the bye, actually? Good. Um, it's probably the most complete game we've seen from the entire team this whole year. Not so sorry, not probably. It is the most complete game we've seen from the entire team. But I would even go out there on a limb and say it's the most complete game I've seen from Patrick Mahomes in his entire career, right? As in um, how he played, taking what was given. Um, of course, he missed on some long throws and stuff like that, but it was just stepping up in the pocket, doing the things that, let's say, you're your really good um, typical pocket passers do, plus a little bit of Mahomes magic there on a, a few plays. So it was just – it was nice. And, of course, it's always good versus the um, – what are they now? Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said the Oakland Raiders again. <laughs> so, so yeah. I guess it's better than saying uh, Los Angeles Raiders because, I mean, they've been – all three of those names in the last, uh, what, 15 years, it seems like. Yeah, and They've I think. been different names. When was the last time they were? I think they may have. The last time they were in L.A., I think it was like two. Uh, that's actually a good question. Uh, I think all of us want to figure this one out. <laughs> when was the last time they were called the Los Angeles Raiders? Um, I mean, I really don't know, to be honest. When were the Raiders um, in Los Angeles? 1982. Oh, to was it eighty? Oh, eighty-two to, to 94, ninety-four actually. So yeah, it was. So I was seven. <laughs> so you're talking about what? Almost thirty years ago, something or yeah. less than thirty years ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, just within that, they've went through three different names, um, regardless of where they've been. So um, definitely understandable. I mean, obviously, the easiest one um, that people always are still say is San Diego. Um, I know a lot of <laughs> right, people still say do. San Diego instead of LA Chargers. So. Um, but no, um, as far as the game, like you were saying, and I felt the same way It definitely was the most complete game that we've seen the chiefs play this year. Um, and when we talk about complete game, we talk about, you know, not only offense and defense, but even special teams had its moments too, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we can, you know, go ahead and start, you know, diving right into the game on Sunday. Um, so, um, obviously we had gotten, uh, the ball for, uh, first, um, and actually that first drive that we had really was like, uh, oh, here we go again, kind of situation. <laughs> um, you know, I think we were, we were kind of, you know, had a little bit of first couple plays there. We had obviously, um, Daryl Williams had a couple runs and then we got that false start on Orlando Brown and kind of stalled the drive. So it was nothing there to see from that first drive from the chiefs. Um, then the uh, you know Raiders got the ball. Um, nothing really important happened that I can remember off of that drive. The Raiders first had, and then after that, I think from there on out, I think we all kind of know what happened from there on. 
from the game. Chiefs obviously get the ball back. Um, they have a pretty nice long drive. And um, Tyreek Hill gets that first touchdown, which I believe, if I'm not correct, that was the one we were talking about earlier today, right, where he had that great route for that touchdown. Yeah, and the little uh, was to the left side, right? Right, where he like, uh, left. Yep, looked like he was like route. cutting inside and went out. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty nice. That was that was definitely something good to see from Tyreek Hill running a uh, great route like that. And the thing is, you know, he's got the speed and and the agility to shake defenders off of him. So yeah, it was really good that he was able to do that in such small space, and then Patrick stepping right into it and hitting him perfect stride. Right. Um, so that made um, the score at that point in the game seven nothing. And like I said, that drive actually looked really good. A lot of mixes of run and pass on that drive, um, ultimately with that uh, Tyreek Hill eight-yard touchdown pass. So then the Raiders get the ball back and uh, basically go three and out. Um, So nothing to see there. Uh, But unfortunately, this is where the Chiefs actually had a really nice punt return from uh, Mike Hughes. So obviously we didn't see Hardman returning punts at all on Sunday. Really nice return, but ends up fumbling the ball. And even going into the break, I don't know what you were thinking, but going into the break, I'm thinking, oh, they're probably, I didn't think they were going to overturn that. I just had a feeling that uh, we would still have the ball and then come back from commercial, they end up having the ball. I mean, I, I didn't know what you thought about that one. Yeah. I mean, um, can't remember our conversations about that one, but I mean, it was one of those where we went back and forth, and I think at the end of the day, we were like, I mean, they got it right, right? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, it, ultimately, you know, it was it was still a fumble, but I just, I, for some reason, I had thought, at least at that time, that it was kind of odd that uh, they had, uh, you know, overturned that. But I mean, obviously, as you saw it more, I mean, it was clear as day that it was definitely a fumble. So that was definitely yeah, seen. I mean, like you said, right, real time, it was like, eh, did he, was he down? <laughs> and I think even someone signaled, I don't know if it was a ref that signaled it or maybe a player was saying he was down or a coach. But, yeah, I made you think about it. But, yeah, after you watched the replay a few times, you're like, dang. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I sure was the ref. I think I said it was down. So I think that was another reason why I was like, ah, they're not going to give him the ball. So, um, but, uh, so then, you know, really this is the only drive of the game that I remember seeing the defense. Um, I mean, obviously you had that short field. And uh, so it's always kind of tough whenever a defense is playing on a short field. But uh, this one was probably, um, you know, one of the more disappointing ones, at least for, from the game-wise anyways, um, that they came down. Um, they had half field to work with, um, came down and had a um, seven-yard – or sorry, a uh, six-yard touchdown pass from Hunter Renfro or two Hunter Renfro from Derek Carr made it tied up at 7-7. So at that point, you're uh, – Thinking up, here we go again, right? <laughs> With these, how these games been for the Chiefs so far this year. Uh, but then the next drive, uh, we have a, getting a, a field goal out of it, making it ten to seven. Um, then the Raiders get the ball back; they end up punting, um, and then we get the ball back again. Uh, this is where we have another pretty good drive. We end up scoring um, another touchdown, which another touchdown pass to Tyree Kill which was, um, if I remember correctly, this is the one where he went um, back of the end zone, right? And Patrick Mahomes saw how the safety and the cornerback was playing, and he got Tyreek Hill for that touchdown. Right, it was basically just like a quick slant, if I'm not mistaken. 
right so, a little deeper in the end zone yeah so i mean that was um uh you know obviously another good play by the chiefs how they and obviously by Mahomes too as well um to see that read and uh able to see that tyreek was going to be wide open on that play um and then like i said once again the raiders uh obviously had a lot of uh punts in this game or didn't really do a whole lot on offense uh thanks to our defense played excellent um just i got the ball back punted again and then we got the ball back with about i think it was about 52 seconds left um and we were able to get a field goal to go into the half up 17 to 7 um so so far as far as on that first half what did you how did you feel about the uh, chiefs going into that second half I mean, I just liked, aside from obviously the Mike Hughes fumble, um, they did a good job of protecting the ball and not putting themselves in poor situations. I want to say there was, if I remember, I can't remember who the target was to, but it seemed like either they cut the route short or um, Patrick Mishred. I don't know, maybe it's just like a miscommunication. And it seemed like maybe it had a chance of an interception, but I can't remember the exact situation. But aside from that, it was just taking care of the ball, um, moving it appropriately, right, as they were giving us the space. Um, Travis Kelsey was in rhythm. You can just tell he had that pop about him, and he always does versus a little bit more, I guess, right, versus the Raiders. Um, and then defensively, um, I mean, you mentioned earlier, right, how many times the Raiders punted, so the the defense was doing really well as well. Right. Um it was definitely overall in that first half. Like I said, minus that uh, uh, fumble on that punt um, by Mike Hughes, uh, it looked like a pretty solid first half that we had. Something we hadn't really seen as a whole lot as of late, uh, especially in the first half, because we have normally turned it on in the second half. So seeing that, um, especially on the road there in Vegas, um, good to see that on the, in the first half. So then uh, in the second half, obviously the Raiders get the ball to start the half. and um, this was what was one of those kind of plays. You kind of scratch your head uh, because, you know, we were talking about in the chat that this was the uh, Raiders end up scoring their only other points in this game. And um, it was a touchdown pass from Derek Carr to Byron Edwards for 37 yards. And the reason why I say this as a, as a head scratcher is because it was, we saw it was Anthony Hitchens that was covering him and, um, at least, you know, for most of the play. And then he, I bet you he was thinking he was going to have safety help over the top, which it looks like Tyron Matthew got to the play late. Um, but ultimately, they had scored a touchdown on that play. What were your thoughts seeing, you know, Hitchens there trying to cover a wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is we're not privy to using, let's say, the coach's video or the All-22 that Game Pass used to offer us. But mm-hmm. if – my memory serves me correct and lines up with, let's say, my little bit of knowledge about defenses. It seemed like they were in some kind of cover two with, you know, Hitchens, so the middle linebacker dropping in that middle zone to basically make it what they call the, in layman's term, the Tampa 2 coverage. And I think the Raiders just schemed it perfectly, right? They either through scouting or pure luck just got matched up properly, and Derek Carr fired an absolute dime, right? Yeah. Um, over Hitchens right before the safety gets there and Edwards makes a great catch. So, yeah, I think it's one of those where um, I think it's just a really, really, really good um, 
play call with mixed with really, really good execution. And defensively, it's just one of those, if you're going to have your middle linebacker out there in a situation and you're going to call a defense that requires him to drop deep, you you know, you got to know that teams are looking for that and that may be a possibility. So I think it's one of those where not the right defensive call, um, probably more on the lines of the right offensive call. And mm-hmm. yeah, Raiders were able to capitalize there. All right. So it uh, ended up putting at that point, the game was 17, 14, um, with us only leading by three at that point. Um, and then, so we need the ball back. And actually, before I discuss this drive, there was an, there was an interesting play that happened. I'm not sure if it was in the second half or not, or late in the first half. But um, what did you think about when uh, one of the Raiders' defensive linemen picked up the scissors on the field? I don't think I've ever seen something <laughs> like that. So I thought it was a spoon. I read on Twitter it was a spoon. Was it scissors? Yeah, from what I from what I was reading today, it was actually scissors. That's, so, that's different. Yeah, so someone, that <laughs> yeah, someone on Twitter, like the few videos I saw of it, said something about my spoon, but I didn't look too much into it. I was like, what? That's what people I thought too. I, I when I was on live TV, it looked like a spoon, but um, I, I can't I can't remember exactly this point in the game, but I figured I mean, that it was that all in a Chiefs sense, right? That would mm-hmm. make sense, a scissor, because maybe it came out from like one of the trainers or something like that. Somebody cutting something. Yeah, yeah, you know, or yeah, the grounds crew. I don't know, because uh, yeah, like you wouldn't really have a spoon. I mean, I guess players are eating in the locker room and stuff like that, right? But right, uh, right. maybe someone could have thrown it. But yeah, I guess scissors makes more sense than a spoon. Yeah, it's, that was interesting. So I, I had to mention that because it was on one of the Chiefs drives, and we we're about to get to another Chiefs drive. Yeah. So I thought I mentioned it, but um, so then yeah, the Chiefs getting the ball back after that Raiders score, and uh, this was an interesting drive because. Um, Crosby on the Raiders had the roughing call um, where I believe he slammed uh, Daryl Williams to the ground, uh, caused them a 15-yard penalty on that. Um, and then shortly after there, uh, Mahomes actually uh, threw the ball to Tyreek, which actually fumbled the ball, and it actually bounced up into his hands. Good thing there was actually a defensive offsides on that play. Um, and also, good thing Tyreek Hill actually got the ball back. Right. But that was another that was another uh, scary situation as far as uh, you know us dropping the ball or um, you know fumbling on that play. Uh, but then it ended up being a pretty long drive. This one was actually a 13 play, 82 yard drive that ended in a one yard touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes to Noah Gray. And I believe that was Noah Gray's first touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so rookie. So, um, and I know I saw Kelsey um, saying on, uh, or at least I think he's told him, he's like, it's uh, one of many more to come for this young guy. So, uh, good to see him getting his first um, touchdown off that drive. Uh, And then, uh, as far as after that score, um, it is actually the, one of the more interesting plays as well in this game, uh, Raiders were kind of driving. They uh, Derek Carr hit a long pass to um, Deshaun Jackson for 40 yards. And I don't know about you, but when I was seeing this play, it just looked weird because he caught the ball <laughs> and he stopped. And I'm like, why didn't he just keep – and he was ahead of the guy. So I didn't know if he was – it's almost like he was trying to outthink um, you know, Fenton or Matthew at that point and try to like maybe go a different way and juke him. I don't right, know. Like wait for them, let them overrun and just cut behind them. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. Right. I mean, he if, caught the ball, so it's not like, you know, he thought, oh, well, maybe I didn't have the ball. I mean, he caught it. So, yeah, I have no idea what Deshaun was thinking. 
Right. And I thought at first, and this is funny because uh, I'm sitting there watching it with my dad. And I thought at first he like threw it back. Like I thought he was like, like someone was over there. Like he was trying to, um, what do you call it? Ladder it back. Right. Or something for some, it looked like that at first. And then obviously replay, you see, Oh, Fenton punched it out. But, um, that was an awesome play by Fenton. Um, and then obviously, uh, Tyron Matthew, uh, recovered that fumble, but, uh, that was, that was, that was probably, I think, more than anything maybe the turning point in the game um as far as even though at that point you couldn't really say there was a turning point because of how the Chiefs offense were playing but if um obviously maybe Jackson doesn't stop or other circumstance happens in that game they're only down three points if he scores a touchdown still um so that was I would say a key play Uh, it could be a turning point but I would say definitely uh you know more of a key play I guess you would say if now looking at it but um and then obviously we come down from um, that fumble and getting three points, which if you're getting points off turnovers, that's always good if you're getting something from it. So you got three points from there. Um, Raiders get the ball back. And then it's something you got. You probably haven't heard from us at all this year, and you don't hear from us much of anything. But um, So Derek Carr throws a long pass. Wasn't a really good pass. It was kind of a. I think you obviously we've seen the Mahomes throw he probably had made early in the year. A couple you know bad passes, but this was kind of really really stupid play. Anyways, he throws it way up in the air, and guess who comes down for it? It's Daniel Sorensen. Um, obviously he's got eleven interceptions on his career now, and now three of them are against Carr. So um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's funny how. We have, you know, talked down about him and all that, and then here comes the one play he makes, so he's probably on the team the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if I'm not mistaken, Derek Carter gets pressured, and that's kind of why the ball – he may even get mm-hmm. hit as he's throwing it. And that's why the ball pops up the way it does because, yeah, it was just straight up in the air, and to your point, Daniel Sorensen in the right spot. Gets and I can't – Because he did one later on too. Right, and I can't be, I can't remember. Was it Reed or was it Jones? I, I want to say it was Reed, but I, I could remember. Reed. Okay, um, who actually um, always obviously got a sack earlier in the game as well. So it was good to hear his name being called in this game um, and seeing him, um, you know, actually, uh, you know, doing some good things there on the field. So we got that interception, um, and then came down and um, had a really uh, I mean, I guess I'd say another good drive there, but obviously at the end of this is one of the more spectacular plays you've seen, at least not one of our wide receivers, but a running back. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws a 38-yard touchdown pass where Darrell Williams basically mosses the cornerback. Yeah, it was probably, to me, when I was watching it, I was like, that's an interception. Like, that was not going to be a catch. And then Darrell Williams jumps in front of the cornerback in uh uh, you know, catches it for a touchdown. What was your thoughts on that play? Yeah, I mean, I think everything was nice from Patrick Mahomes stepping up into the pocket um, to um, the throw and where it was placed to where, um, to your point, you know, throwing it up there, it's like, oh, well, the corner technically has a better play, but then Terrell Willem just steps in front of him and literally snatches it out the air. So, um, you know, good to see a running back high pointing the ball like that and then Patrick Mahomes put it in the in the right spot doing everything right. Right, and if I if I remember correctly, it looked like he kind of threw that um, cross field a little bit too. I can't remember exactly. It might have been it might not have been as much as I thought. But yeah, I, thought I mean, it's definitely it. probably let's say uh, more in the middle of the field to the left side of the field. But uh, right. I mean, you know, some cross 
across his body. Right, right. Um, so then that it made it 34-14, and at, at that point you're starting to think this game is pretty much on its way to being over. Um, the Raiders get the ball back. Once again, the defense steps up, and um, you know they don't get anything. They end up punting again. And uh, we're looking about more into – this is yeah, that's a little bit more left to go in the third quarter. I think it might even be actually the start of the fourth quarter when that happens. Chiefs get the ball back. And uh, we end up having a seven-yard, or sorry, a seven-play, eighty-yard drive, um, ultimately for our last score of the game, which was a nice throw from Patrick Mahomes to Byron Pringle for twenty-two yards. And, uh, and once again, I mean, it was like it looked like it was all day for us for the most part. I mean, I know Mahomes had missed some, you know, passes early on in the game um, to Tyreek Hill and some others, but uh, it, from there on. It looked like we were just on uh, the rest of the rest of the game for sure. That would put that put us up forty-one fourteen, uh, which ended up being basically the final score of the game. Um, so I guess um, you know, obviously, it was as we talked about earlier, one of the more complete games we've seen, um, you know, recently and definitely this year. Um, so it, it, it put us back to six and four, and put us at first place in the AFC West, which are basically a half game ahead of the Chargers just because they've already had their bye and we haven't had ours yet. So we are technically in first place at the moment. So as far as, you know, the overall game and, you know, how we've played, what would you say would be your final thoughts um, from the Raiders-Chiefs game? Like I mentioned right in the opening statements is it was good to see a complete game um, in almost every aspect, I guess, because um, let's say with Mike Hughes' turnover, you have to count it, right? It happened. Um, and if you remember on that play, McCarverman's already back there, and then Mike Hughes drops back to kind of make it look like they were going to create some kind of diversion or a trick play or something. But ball goes to Hughes' side. He returns it. Actually returns it for a good amount of yards and then fumbles her at the end. But right. aside from that, um, you know, the, the offensive line, I would say probably their best game this year, and they've had a couple good ones, maybe not so much recently, but especially in the beginning of the season going against some of the defensive linemen they have. But, I mean, they held Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe pretty much in check. And for the most part, Crosby stayed on Andrew Wiley's side. So we've got to give some props to Andrew Wiley because he held his own against his former Eastern Michigan teammate, right? That's where they went mm-hmm. to school together at. Um, but offensive line, to me, was great. Um, there's some clips out there, um, you know, uh, of Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith just launching folks. Um, there's even that little uh, flop that Creed Humphrey did on that um, encroachment penalty where Raiders, I think it's Solomon Thomas, comes across the line, bumps him in the head, and Creed absolutely dives, right, giving us some comical relief. But, that was hilarious, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, let's say Patrick taking the short passes, the mid-range passes, hitting on almost everything. There was a few long throws he missed. I think it's just, you know, being a little bit out of a – um, long distance throwing shape since he hasn't been able to hit on those, but um, offensively, everything was clicking perfectly, you know, from running lanes to where the running backs, I mean, Derek Gore for the few carries he had, he looked really good. And then defensively, um, I understand, let's say the Raiders lost their deep target or one of their best receivers and Henry Ruggs, but um, still, you know, that's not the chief's fault. You got to do well. And the chiefs held them under 300 yards, both rushing and passing. And I mean, 14 points 
in today's NFL is pretty good. So defensively, it was good seeing Hitchens, Bolton. Um, his snap count has gone down right now that Hitchens has been has been back. Um, but Willie Gay even playing well. To Legarius Need continuing being everywhere, whether it's you know an air or coming up to support the run. To Rashad Fenton being um, as locked down as he can be from his role. So again, right? Just um, oh, and I can't. I guess I can't forget Andy Reid. In the play calls because he was brilliant in how yes. he was calling this game from the get go. Maybe not that first drive, and we already talked about that, but just hitting on everything and exploiting every single possible um, avenue of the Raiders. Jonathan Abram, right there, uh, starting strong safety, was targeted for uh, let's say I think it was about 120 yards and gave up two touchdowns. So they picked on him, and that was the one away spot in coverage that everybody knows about so like i said it was just good to see everything hit and you could say that the raiders are probably on the decline now with all the stuff that they had happen to them mm-hmm. whether it's on or off the field and um the thing is you beat you sh- you know how let's say when alabama plays a bad team they're supposed to beat them by 50 60 points the chiefs beat the raiders in their current condition how they should beat a team that they are basically almost 30 points better than so very long-winded response, but, uh, yeah, it was just a complete game. It was good to see it. And it's good to be in that kind of shape or in that kind of form before the big game they've got coming up next weekend. Right. Um, I know you're saying there's a lot. There's a, there is a lot. I still have a lot to talk about, and I'll, and I'll try to cut it down as much as I can because there was a lot to overcome from this game or to unwind, I'm sorry, from this game. Um, and one I, I, I forgot to mention, um, obviously, when we were going through the recap of the game, uh, which was maybe a good sign of we saw this that like okay maybe things are starting to get back to how it was or you know how we do some weird trick plays or odd things to make the game you know be like how the Chiefs have played in the past. So obviously on that Dare Williams touchdown uh, catch drive that he had from Mahomes that thirty eight yard pass, um, there was that fake punt um, for Tommy Townsend. It, it, I didn't expect it when, when all of a sudden he took the snap and all of a sudden he's going back to pass. You're just sitting there like, what is he doing? Um, mm-hmm. And he throws a, a 16 yard, like, like I would say like a great a spiral. It was a dime to Marcus Kemp. And um, you know, it's almost like you see that happen and Kent, uh, you know, catch the ball and we got that first down. It's almost like, man, is this the stuff that's really, you know, we were used to seeing the chiefs doing and they're starting to click. And, you know, you almost are thinking like, Oh, he's going to pass and he's going to, He's gonna be way off, or like, he's gonna throw it good to Kemp, but Kemp's gonna drop it. You know that, that's how the way the Chiefs been going this year, right? On certain things like that, but like just seeing something like that, it's just saying like, you know, here's that Chiefs, um, you know, kind of some of the magic stuff they've been doing in the past, the different things they've been doing and working for him. Um, even the Blake Bell touchdown, I think he'd done it earlier this year once, but you know when he got that, uh, he did that sneak. Was it on fourth and one? I think it was on the second drive. Um, mm-hmm. You know, seeing different things like that, um, you know, it's good. To, I think it's good to see that. Yeah, it seemed like they were having fun. They were loose. Um, just old school Chiefs, fun to watch football. And you only do those things when you're not pushing it, when you're, you know, you feel like you're not forcing things, you're loose. You're, as Travis Kelsey said, I don't know if you watched the, the meme that I guess they've been replicating, but they got their swagger back, right? Right. Um, I don't know if you've seen that mean that's pretty funny that uh patrick and travis kelsey were i saw that yeah so um yeah it's just good to see i mean and 
you need that right before a big game like the one coming up versus the Cowboys. Right. And indeed, um, on the other flip side, um, as you were talking about defense and all the good things of each defensive player um, in this game is done. So, you know, the Chiefs, for their first five weeks of the season, they were giving up an average of 32 points per game. In the last five games, they've given up an average of 15 points per game. So if there's an area of where this team has, you could see a big difference in, yeah, the offense looked a lot better in this game and, you know, looks to get back to how we were. Let's hope that happens again against the Cowboys, uh, you know, this upcoming week. But seeing the defense play like that is, I think, uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, better seeing that than there's the offense at this point. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but we all know the offense, um, you know, eventually is going to come around at some point. Seeing the defense playing consistently at this point is pretty darn good. Uh, I just hope they can continue it against the Cowboys this upcoming week. Yeah, I mean, and that's one thing people have mentioned about the Chiefs over the last few years, right? Since Spagnuolo got here, is they'll bend, but they're. They won't break that much. Um, now, what they did earlier this year was probably the worst that they've played under Spagnolo, but they end up figuring it out. They've gotten people back healthy. Um, they're in, in in better football shape. And, yeah, you don't win the Super Bowl in the first month, and you rarely lose it. I, I mean, I know the numbers aren't the best on teams going like 0-4 in all their games you know, in September, which we didn't. But, um, you know, we were pretty close, right? And the sky was falling there for a lot of folks, but that's why you don't give up in September. Um, or even almost in October, uh, unless you're the unless you're the Raiders, like that, right? <laughs> unless you're the Raiders, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's good to see everything coming together, and I mean, it's still early, right? Um, yeah, still have so much football left to be played, but hopefully, we're peaking and we just keep going up. I mean, that's what happened with Tampa Bay last year. Um, I mean, they ended up winning what like their last ten games of the season, including yep. playoffs or something like that. So. That's what we want. Um, you don't get trophies for being the best team in September. You get trophies for being the best team at the uh, beginning of February. So, or I guess you can say January if you count the championships as well. Um, and that's what we want. So hopefully this game coming up on Sunday will be a huge test both on offense and defense for the progress that has been made over these past few games. Right. I actually can't wait to start talking about the Cowboys game later this week because that's going to be um, an exciting matchup, I think. Um, it's not going to be that Cowboys and Chiefs game is not going to be anything like this game we see in Sunday. I think it's going to be a lot closer. It's going to be a lot back and forth. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game um, and talking about that here later this week. So just a couple of uh, milestones or I guess you say current stats right now I'd like to kind of point out real quick. Obviously, Tyreek now has 75 catches on the season for 855 yards and eight touchdowns. And we still have seven games to play. Um, obviously, he only ranks fourth in wide receivers as far as yardage wise, but I think that is pretty impressive so far uh, for Tyreek putting up those kind of numbers, uh, especially with still, like I said, seven games left to play. Um, and then obviously, Andy Reid uh, got his another win, so he's actually now in fifth place all time of most regular season wins at two hundred twenty six, uh, or sorry, two hundred twenty seven. Um, and now he has Tom Landry to go after, who has to have 250 wins, and he's in fourth place. So I know we mentioned that last week, but uh, I thought I'd mention that he actually now has sole possession of fifth place all time and coaching regular season wins. And then finally, one I'd like to really mention is 
uh, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I think it was – I can't remember. Was it the first game um, against the Browns? But he had – this is the second time this year he's had five touchdowns in one game. Um, he is only – he's only the fourth quarterback in NFL history to have at least three games with over 400 yards passing and five touchdowns. And the other people on that list is Joe Montana, Dan Marino, and Peyton Manning. I mean, this guy just keeps on um, putting himself up there with these kind of numbers against uh, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It's just unreal. But those were, I would say those were kind of the key things I was uh, kind of want to mention, um, you know, from, you know, so far this season and uh, from this past game. Well, no, I mean, the one that stands out to me the most is Tyreek um, Hill, right? I think, you know, it's pretty obvious. I've always been one of Tyreek's biggest critics because of, um, let's say, how he plays the position. And this year he stepped it up in every way, right? Um, as of late, we've seen him change his game a little bit more or be asked to do things. He probably was able to do them at all time, but him hasn't had to do them. And he's been changing up. And uh, I think Cooper Cup is beating him in everything, which he's beating everybody in everything. But he's second in receptions. I think he's uh, fourth in receiving yards. Should be second in touchdowns. And, sorry, he's tied for third on touchdowns. So, I mean, that's all stuff you want to see out of your true number one wide receiver. Whereas in in the past, maybe he hasn't had to do as much. And this year, he's just slowly evolved. So, that's good to see from Tyreek. And I really like this game that he just uh, put on this past week. Mm -hmm. If, um, I always forget his name, Trayvon Diggs follows him around. He'll definitely be have to. He'll definitely have to be just as good as he was this week, this coming up weekend. Um, so that'll be a fun matchup to watch as well, which we yeah. will talk about more in detail later on. Oh, for sure. Um, so there's one uh, last topic I'd like to talk about the actual game, or as far well, I wouldn't say actual game, but kind of going forward. So um, injury report. Obviously, there really isn't any injuries from this game at all um, from the Chiefs, which is a good thing. But we have some guys coming back, um, most likely could be this week. Uh, you know, they might save it for after the Cowboys game, but I think they might be back. Obviously, one I'm mentioning is uh, Kyle Long. So I doubt he actually, if he comes back, I think, and depending on what the injury situation is with Nang, because uh, obviously Rimmers got put on IR. Um, you know, if Lucas Nang is healthy, he'll actually start over Wiley. And uh, so I don't really have it as far as, you know, with Kyle Long being activated, it's just good depth where we'll have the rest of the year. That's not the really one that I'm kind of concerned of. So Clyde edwards Lair most likely will be playing this upcoming Sunday. And this sparks my topic because um, we've seen Darrell Williams playing really well. He's almost playing better each week. And um, on Sunday, he had nine catches for 101 yards and one touchdown. Obviously, he only had 43 yards on the ground, but it sparks my debate that I'd like to see him still start. Um, you know, Clyde edwards Lair. hopefully they don't put him back in that starting role. There's a couple of different things I could see the Chiefs doing, or at least I hope they would do, is maybe consider doing, uh, you know, a drive for Williams, a drive for Edwards, you know, something like that. Maybe like split each drive so like for that or just maybe, um, you know, have Clyde come in more on third downs or on, you know, on different different packages, right? But uh, I just don't think 
the way that Daryl Williams is playing right now, I just don't I wouldn't throw Clyde Edwards Lair back in being starting running back. Yeah, I mean, and I'm one of those people that believe in letting people get healthy, and we are not in a position to where we have to force people back. So in this situation, if Clyde is not 100% good to go this week, there should be no reason to play him. Daryl Williams is perfectly fine playing the position. He's shown that he can do it well. Derek Gore is an okay backup or rotation running back. So if he's not 100%, you sit him this week, you get into the bye week, you give him even more time to rest so he's healthy, right? I understand the Cowboys game is when you want to win from a national media perspective and all that stuff. But even if, let's say, the Chiefs lose, you still got, you know, an AFC West gauntlet coming up that you have to win. So I'd rather have him for that, for those games versus, you know, risking it all for the Dallas Cowboys when you have, who in my opinion has, you know, been the guy that should have been a running back for a while in Darrell Williams. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. It's, um, it doesn't sound like Ladder Red Lair is going to get Wally pipped, but, um, or Drew Bledsoe. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's just how Andy Reid is, right? He's going to give the guy that was the starter his a chance to get his job back, but it should be much more rotation based. Let Daryl Williams lead the way, and like you said, maybe put Tyler Ridgeley on third down. I think Daryl Williams is even better um, from a pass block perspective than Ceh, but maybe right. Ceh is a little bit better with his hands. Maybe, um, although Daryl Williams has showed that he can, um, you know, moss people. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Darrell Williams is a hot hand. You have to give him the you know the majority of carries and then slowly feed CEH back in there. But, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have. It definitely is a good problem to have. I actually put it on my notes as, as calling calling it running back competition. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I would really say that, but that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. Uh, just because Darrell Williams, like I said, is playing hot right now. And as we had seen, and we've kind of been talking about that – this season is where's the screen passes or where's those passes on the outside to the running backs. We saw a lot of that because obviously we've getting used to teams giving us those, um, you know, those yarded, those, the 10, 20 yard plays, right. We'll, we'll give what we could take on those, but you know, seeing him progress, uh, it, it just would make sense. At least I don't think we'll do the whole, I know we used to do back in the day uh, where we had Larry Johnson and priest Holmes, right. Or was it uh, Larry Johnson, Jamal Charles? where we had it to where it was every other drive, someone, you know, there was something different, right? Um, that got the, uh, they got the ball. So I, I, I guess I don't see Andy Reid doing that. It doesn't seem like his style to do that. But um, at least maybe just in certain packages, I think they should probably like, split. But at the moment, Darrell Williams should definitely, um, you know, get majority of those snaps at the moment. One other thing on this, though, do you think if Clyde edwards Alaire Let's say if he's back this week or when he does come back, do you think Derek Gore goes back to the practice squad? Yeah, I think he will. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, why carry, I guess, that many running backs? Um, and, I mean, I think Derek Gore would just be one of those guys that ends up, you know, bouncing back between the roster as, as much as he can or as much as needed. Right. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. I mean, I, I was thinking the same, too, because – yeah, I know we we do have uh, three quarterbacks on our team right now, but that's more so to probably. Um, and what I'm saying, three is we've we've uh, moved um, Shane. Uh, what's his name? Shane Bouchel Bukley or Bukley? I don't know. Um, <laughs> there's one of those names again. Um, you know, to the active roster just to prevent um, teams like Arizona, who's having struggle with their quarterback position being signed, um, which is a good move because he could be our backup next year instead of, instead of uh, Chad Henney. So, I do understand 
that move. But yeah, I mean, I, I, as far as Gore goes, I mean, um, it's just I think I think I see as far as him being back and forth depending off injuries or uh, whatnot to be um, if we need him, I guess, on the team. Um, and so, lastly, I kind of bring to the interesting topic I have for today is it, something that um, actually was sixteen, or actually, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, sixteen years ago. So, on this day, sixteen years ago, um, it was announced that the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, actually, Kansas City would be eligible to host a Super Bowl game at Arrowhead Stadium between 2012 and 2021 if we added a rolling roof. So we're actually in 2021 now. It's been 16 <laughs> years later. What are your thoughts about rolling roof? I wouldn't say as far as, you know, obviously because we still have Kaufman next to us and how that was going to work. But what are your thoughts maybe rolling roof if um, the Royals do move downtown? So, um, I actually, won't need a rolling roof, really. It's just, it'll just be a roof yeah, at that point or an opening closing, right? Yeah. So, I was just talking to somebody about this. I can't remember who it was, but I think that, you know, yeah, whenever the Royals move downtown and you've got more space there, I think that is ultimately Clark's goal because that was one of his dad's dream, right? Is to host, um, a modern day Super Bowl in Kansas City, right? And Arrowhead is just not equipped for that one because it doesn't have a roof and then maybe some of the other amenities. But um, if let's say the chiefs are looking at a new stadium somewhere between 20, I don't know, 27 through like 2035. Mm -hmm. um, I think without a doubt that opportunity is there. The thing is um, people will have to be okay. And I think they will be is if you get a dome like stadium where you open it and close it, like um, I think the, no, the Raiders isn't. Is it covered? Yeah, because the yes. sorry, it's the field that mm -hmm. moves in, right? Yeah. Um, I think it would make sense for the Chiefs Stadium to be more like the Texans Stadium, where it opens and closes, because you still want that um, outdoor atmosphere, right? That mm -hmm. Arrowhead brings, but it's going to be really difficult um, to build, let's say, a bowl style stadium like you currently have that retains noise so well, and then let's say put it indoors because I mean, there's like noise logistics and, and pressure and all that stuff. Um, cause I, you know, I was explaining this whenever I did a tour of the Dallas Cowboys stadium on, cause their doors open, um, from the sides, right. As opposed to their roof opening. And, um, so yeah, it'll just be an interesting thing, but I, I am 100% on board that I think without a doubt Clark from a family legacy to what his dad wanted, as well as the business, aspect of what a new stadium would bring to that area and then you know from hotels to new retail space all of that fancy stuff that's happening in kansas city i think without a doubt it is a possibility within the next 15 years yeah and i i think so too i think it's more so as what happens with the royals that they do really move downtown and it, it seems more likely that's going to happen just because of the new owner he really wants to put the royals downtown so i do see um, you know, the Chiefs revisiting that. Like you said, Clark Hunt would love to have a Super Bowl here in Kansas City. Just the the money he'll bring into the city and just, uh, you know, obviously we got the draft in uh, two years, right? 2023, mm -hmm. I believe. We have the NFL draft at Union Station. Um, so that's obviously going to, you know, draw in some uh, tourism. and um, Yeah, that's you know, like step one, right? Let's, that's a Kansas City mm -hmm. show us. And then whatever happens with the World Cup, 
you know, he's he's campaigning mm-hmm. for that at Arrowhead too. So those are all things that, you know, it's those are signs pointing to I'll say the future for for not only the city but the Chiefs and Clark Kent. Right. So there's some exciting exciting things happening, like I said, not only with the uh um the drafts coming here and then hopefully the World Cup the year after. Um and then like I said, Super Bowl down the line. So I thought that was something that I'd I'd like to, you know, share and see what were your thoughts, you know, as far as what we you know, could do that in the future because I yeah, think that would that's be awesome. a whole episode in itself, right? Oh, oh yeah, it is. It really is. So just, it was just talking a- about the evolution of the Chiefs and mm-hmm. the business aspect of of it because people are already losing their minds about you know the Arrowhead being named Geha Field or whatever G E H A. Yeah, and I'm like, I- I've always <laughs> said it. Right, remember when it first came out? I was like, I get it that no one, you know, like folks don't call it Geha or Geha G E H A. They mm-hmm. call it Arrowhead, which is fine. Call it whatever you want, and you can call it the Chiefs Stadium. But, you know, Clark did it for, you know, it's it's a money thing, right? Like, it almost makes no sense to not have naming rights because someone's giving you money to put their name on your state, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see when that happens because I think it will within the next 20 years, right? Chiefs will get some sort of a new stadium um, to where we can host bigger, better things. And then, um, yeah, that's a whole another topic where, oh, my God, Arrowhead is so... <laughs> historical and it's like man there's a reason why things have to evolve because at the end of the day yeah the nfl is a is a sports and entertainment but it's also a business you have the opportunity to make money which they make billions of them you're gonna do it so that's gonna be an interesting thing for when that happens right is how do you keep tradition and history while also modernizing your setup so that you can take advantage of modern day um life yeah, and that's pretty much the uh, evolution of what we'll be seeing from, you know, GEH Stadium from here on out. Obviously, it started with the naming rights. There'll just be more to come. If people think this is it, it's not. It's going to be more things will be added on, um, you know, to the stadium and even the surrounding area. If, like I said, no longer the Royals be there, so there'll be more stuff added on as well. Yeah, now if we could just get sporting in the actual Kansas City area versus Wyandotte. <laughs> Then so make, make it an actual Missouri team instead of a Kansas, a Kansas team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. But all right, folks. Well, for that, that is actually all we have for today. Um, it sounds like we're going to have a really good episode later this week uh, coming up. Uh, talk about the Dallas Cowboys for week 11 at Arrowhead. So with that being said, thanks for you all again for listening today. Don't forget to follow our podcast and go Chiefs.